give, give him a buzzer. Bzz. Matt, great point today. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at mach1fg.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to mach1fg.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode number 76. Wow, thank you for hanging in there with us for 76 episodes. Today we have something exciting to talk about. It's interest rates and what the Fed is planning to do. You may or may not have heard they're going to slow down on the quantitative easing and then potentially start raising interest rates. We have a soundbite here from the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell. So let's hear what he has to say, and then we'll make some comments on it. You know, it's difficult enough to just forecast the economy in normal times. When you're talking about, you know, global supply chains in turmoil, it's a whole different thing. And you're talking about a, a pandemic that's holding people out of out of the labor force for reasons that we we can we can sample but we can't we don't have a lot of experience with this so it's very very difficult to forecast and and not easy to set policy so we have to set policy though it would be premature to raise rates today that that is that does that's not i don't think that's controversial certainly uh, i don't know anyone arguing for that today okay matt so now we've heard this we've got matt walters our vice president senior vice president here and we got matt hager our uh, marketing director along with us today. So guys, now that we've heard the chairman speak, it sounds like we're going to ease up on, you know, buying all these bonds and stuff, and we're going to let the market take over. That may signal raising of interest rates. So Mr. Walters, what do you think that's going to do to our investment portfolios? Yeah, I think, I mean, anytime you're an investor and you can borrow money for cheap, that's a positive thing, I think, as a whole. So People, consumers, investors, you know, have been living in a in a really good um, time to be an investor with the the access to capital and the low rate environment that we've been in. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have good times in the market with higher rates. But as we start to unwind this QE policy that we've been in, stuck in for so long, and you know, rates at near zero. Um, I, you know, I do think it'll be interesting to see how all this kind of unwinds because like, like Powell said, we've never, we've never been here. There's really no historical context for what this looks like or how they're setting policy or how kind of all of this unfolds. Um, I think, you know, they'll probably ease off of the QE and, and raise interest rates at a pretty slow pace would be my guess. But a lot of that will also depend on inflation. And so a lot of factors here, I think there's cases to be made that, you know, it could definitely be impactful. Um, maybe not in too big of a way, though. Well, we did look at a study that went back uh, from 1954 
to 2017, over 63 years. And we looked at how does it match up? When interest rates go up, what happened to stock prices? Well, there's 28 periods during that time that the study looked at. 18 of those periods, when the interest rates went up, stocks went down, or vice versa. When interest rates went down, stock prices went up. So you'd say they're correlated. But then you also have to see there's 10 periods that they both went in the same direction. So like you said earlier, Matt, we really don't know. So what should our listeners do when if we, know, if we feel like interest rates are on the rise, they can't go much lower, what should they be thinking about? Well, we, we talk about this a lot. I think for stock investor, you know, someone who's investing in the stock market, um, I don't think you have to make any knee-jerk reactions. I think it, is, it has direct implications on if you're heavily invested in bonds or fixed income, right? We talk about this a lot, how as rates climb, if you're, if you're holding a bond or you're, you're a bond investor, the value of your bonds, you know, the, the bond prices and bond rates are inversely correlated. So as rates start to rise, the value of your bonds start to go down and depreciate. So I think it can be, could create a really tough environment for the fixed income um, people out there who have over the last 30 or 40 years have been um, experiencing a pretty good um, environment. You know, from a, from a stock perspective, you know, if we're at 2% versus two and a quarter, is that going to impact the stock market in a big, big way? My gut instinct is probably not. You know, I think if we get a few moves, you know, in the positive direction, increasing rates, that's, that's fine. Now, if we all of a sudden jump, jump from two to five or six, there might be some implications with that, obviously, but um, it'll be interesting. Well, there's some folks that seem to have a lot of money sitting in cash. And when, again, we looked at the numbers, there's trillions, depending on what you look at, sitting in cash. So if you've got money sitting in cash and interest rates go up, what would be a good move? Well, again, it depends. It, it, it all depends on why is that money sitting in cash, right? So we would all, like our process, we would always go back to what's the plan. If the, What's the plan for that cash? If it's supposed to be in cash and that's the plan for that money is to stay in cash, then you just shouldn't do anything with it. And interest rates moving shouldn't dictate or change your decision on that. Um, you know, obviously, if interest rates go go up, that's a positive thing for maybe the cash that you own. Maybe you'll make a little bit more on it. The the downside to that is if rates are going up, that could mean maybe inflation is a little higher. So maybe your dollar is still not doing much more for you than it was with low rates and low inflation. Um, but just having the plan and knowing, like, is this money that I need in cash and intend to have in cash for a while – for whatever reason and if so you know rates moving up or down shouldn't dictate what you do with that in my opinion that's a great point Matt. because if you have a plan like last year march of last year most of our clients well all of our clients have a plan and when covid hit and market dropped 30 percent in 22 days fastest drop since the great depression i mean we didn't change our plans our plan was in place right. we, we we moved with it we were prepared for that same thing with interest rates Interest rates go up, we have a plan. We know what we want to get done. So if we have to make some adjustments, we can. But you got to have that base plan to start with. If you don't, then you're just reacting to whatever the market may or may not do. So that was a, a great point on that one, Matt. Give, give him a buzzer. Bzz. Matt, great point today. Okay, so, so we got cash on hand, got a plan. Uh, if you got a whole lot of cash you were sitting on waiting to get in back into the market, you know, we got some clients, Matt, I know that went to cash back during COVID and they're still sitting in cash. And so if they want to make a little bit more money than sitting in cash, then they may all jump in when the interest rates go up. 
But again, what is the base plan? All right. So, Matt, you had a client come in and they say, hey, man, I'm thinking about getting into bonds and I'm not, I'm, I don't want to get out of stocks. I want to go into bonds. What would be our discussion with them about how we hedge on the downside for folks? Yeah. So I guess the question is the, a good initial question is like, why would you want to just invest in bonds? Like, what's the what's the purpose of that or what's the reasoning behind that? If if the reasoning behind that is so I want to manage my risk related to the amount I have invested in the stock market, you know, in equities, then our philosophy would be, well, we can manage that risk in a different way without having to put a large amount, um, you know, in bonds to try to, you know, hedge against that via the fixed income position. So we, you know, there's different types of strategies, you know, hedged equity, um, options, contracts, derivatives, different ways that you can have maybe higher allocation to equities, the same risk reward profile that you might have with like a 50-50, 60-40 portfolio. And like we just talked about, we think that makes a lot more sense right now within a rising interest rate environment because if you, know, if you have 50% of your portfolio in bonds not paying you much of anything while you own them and maybe they're depreciating because rates are starting to climb, like that's a tough position to have half of your portfolio in. Yeah, when you say 60-40, you're, you're thinking about the modern portfolio theory, 60% stocks, let that grow. And then if there's any kind of a downturn in the market, your 40% bonds would kind of be your buffer. Right. And we've seen through the pandemic that uh, it's not the bond part has not been a good buffer because it's also depreciated as well. All right, so that's why we hedge in a short term. All right. The main thing is stick with the plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Have a plan, stick to it, and just and, and don't make any knee-jerk reactions because of some policy that might come out of the Fed or Washington or whoever it may be. And go back to the piece that we we're talking about about having cash on the sidelines. You know, again, depending on what you read, there could be trillions of dollars sitting on the cash on the sidelines. Well, you know, there are people that argue there's no such thing as cash on the sidelines. If if Matt. Walters has a stock and Mike Frost has cash and I buy Matt Walters stock. Well, my cash just now becomes Matt's cash. So the cash total really doesn't change. The only thing that really changes is the price of the stock. So you could argue that there really is no cash on the sidelines or you look up all kinds of articles that say that. But we do know, like we said earlier, a lot of folks have cash just as their emergency fund in case the market goes in a downturn, they don't have to sell their equities at a low price. They can just use their cash for their spending. Yeah. yeah. And th- I was actually listening to another podcast earlier and it was talking about how things are just so different than they were, you know, 20 years ago. And this, they were touching on specifically like the 401k industry and how much bigger today the 401k market is than it was back then and how, as massive as the 401k business has gotten, like it's created this somewhat of a hedge or, or maybe created quicker recoveries for these sell-offs because you have this automatic monthly purchasing of stocks and ETFs and mutual funds because of people's ongoing contributions in their 401k, which was happening back 20 years, 25 years ago, but not nearly to the extent it is today. You know, the 401k itself doesn't even go back any further than 1981 and so um i think there's a lot of things to say that like is there a lot of money on the sideline is there a lot of cash on the sideline is there a lot of new money coming in it's all yes and yes to what degree and what impact is it going to have um i think you know things are just a little bit different today um than they than they were you know 15 years 20 years ago 
They are a lot different, and just because interest rates may go up, that is not the only factor happening, just like Matt was talking about. 401k, 401k money is flowing in regardless of the interest rates. It's going in every day. So what, what is inflation doing in conjunction with uh, the rising interest rates? So no one factor makes the market move or go unless you look at COVID, and it was a major factor last year. <laughs> yeah. But then look at the recovery. Who would have guessed we'd had that kind of recovery? So if, if you're getting nervous because you think the interest rates are going to go up or you think it's a great buying opportunity, go back to what we said a couple times. Stick to your plan. Whatever your plan is, if you've got some cash sitting on the side that it's your play money and you want to jump in, oh, go for it. But if it's going to mess with your retirement plans, you need to talk to a fiduciary advisor, kind of like we are here at Mach 1, and let us develop that plan we've been talking about. Okay, Matt, any parting thoughts before I get to the thought of the day? No, I think the thing – just I encourage people to, to read up on this stuff. Stay aware. Don't, don't let any, any of this information – there's a lot going on out there, but don't let it be paralyzing or live in fear because of what may or may not happen. Um, but just have a plan. Know where your money's at, why it's there, what it's supposed to be doing for you in each of those various places, um, and then stick to it and adjust and adapt as you need to. Develop a plan and work your plan, and that way you just, you'll just you be ready for any kind of a market activities that come along. Okay, let's get to our thought of the day today. I don't really have an author for it, but it says, if you want to feel rich, just count the things that you have that money cannot buy. If you want to feel rich, just count the things that you have that money cannot buy. Glad you joined us here today on the Mach 1 Market Moment, Episode 76. We look forward to you joining us next time for Episode number 77. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.